Uh, what's up, everyone? This is Will Copper uh, with the State of Awareness, and today I am interviewing my friend um, Alex Vrana. He is a uh, psychology student down at UNL. Um, he's a great friend of mine. He wanted to come on today and talk about a lot of research he's been doing. Uh, how you doing, Alex? I'm good, Will. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah. glad, happy to be here. Well, yeah. Um, so I'm super interested in uh, the type of psychology that you are studying down mm -hmm. there. What sure. is it exactly? Well, we have a focus, um, me being an undergrad student, mm -hmm. um, I'm at a baseline level right now. So there's a lot of um, kind of getting to know the field overall, the beginnings of it. You know, we have to overcome a lot of uh, kind of myths and, and things like that. I had, I had a career class where um, a lot of it focused on, oh, well, you know, you're not going to be able to do anything with a BA in psychology or, you know, the, 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 the field's too crowded for you to become specialized. Yeah. And overcoming those myths and then going into the, like, kind of baseline studies of Freud and the beginnings of psychology mm -hmm. and Pavlov's dog and stuff like that, you know, yeah. kind of the um, mainstream psychological ideas Going through that and then getting down to you know what what is what are we really studying and mm -hmm. and what are the results of it you know what can we do to really help people because mm -hmm. at, at the end of the day that's what everyone says that's a psychology major major you know why are you in this oh yeah definitely I mean no doubt I mean I think you know hanging out with you more I've mm -hmm. realized the importance of psychology especially in uh, politics oh absolutely yeah and yeah. how it how <laughs> psychology is probably the most important thing to understand when running a campaign. So right. like the importance of knowing, um, psychology of, you know, us and, you know, sociology as well. Sure. So I'm definitely interested in this kind of work. And I mm -hmm. think definitely people listening are because, um, if you, if you're really into politics and you do start under understanding the psychology behind a lot of things, you know, a lot of confusing things like how Trump is president starts to make sense. Sure. If you understand oh, yeah. human psychology. Yeah. So it's definitely interesting work that you do. Oh, yeah. right. Well, and you as well. I mean, in the previous podcast, you talk about kind of the mob mentality, yeah. tribalism, you know, how people interact with each other. Yeah. And even in my social psychology class, we talk about how people make groups. Mm -hmm. um, as, as much as we like to be individualistic and be uh, a strong ego, mm -hmm. we still long to be with other people. Oh, yeah. And how do we obtain those relationships? Well, we copy people. Even us talking in the room, we're kind of mirroring each other's movements <laughs> and stuff like that. And yeah, you think, we are. And, and you think it's odd, <laughs> yeah. but that's what everybody does mm -hmm. because we long for attachments yeah. and to be with other people. Yeah, the, uh, the I mean, humans, since the beginning of time, a lot of anthropology studies show that humans have always wanted to kind of be together and they always mm -hmm. find a way to be together and kind Absolutely. of function. So sure. yeah, definitely humans, you know, coming together and everything like that is something, you know, that it works when it comes to a lot of ideals out there. Mm -hmm. Like people will, you know, use that tribalism to make enemies of certain people that aren't mm -hmm. enemies, you sure. know, like immigrants and things like mm -hmm. that. Yes. And, you know, that's, that's how you use psychology to, you know, make the rise of certain people. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's a great uh, segue yeah. into, you know, why uh, I am studying psychedelics and why I am facing such an uphill battle. And, not oh, even, yeah. <laughs> and not, it's not even as much as I have received it directly. It's the society as a whole, mm -hmm. you know, even me being reluctant to tell anyone you know, I get uh, often asked, you know, well, you, you're a psychonaut, right? Like you've adventured into that. Right. And I always plead the fifth just because mm -hmm. I could be, I could, I have all this research. I have this data, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, people will say, well, he's motivated to give little Jimmy on the corner LSD so he can, you know, look at the walls drip for eight hours. Right. You know, well, I don't trust this guy. There's something about him. And so, 
the fact that you know you have to really sit down have a conversation like this yes um, yes in a long open dialogue with critiques because you know it's it's not a perfectly thing and there's not enough you know research yeah to have confirmed results so yeah well you know uh let's bring politics back into it sure. so you know we everyone that has you know common knowledge on anything like with psychedelics knows mm-hmm. that it's it's not a type of drug like heroin or, 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 you know, or meth, right? Sure. Psychedelics are a drug that is expanding your mind. It's mm-hmm. doing things like that. It's altering views and things like that. So sure. why do you think the government back in, you know, the 60s and 50s eras decided to make it illegal instead of just decriminalized? Why make it a class one drug? I think the fear of, of its potentiality. Mm-hmm. Um, we might be able to actually lift the veil that we are susceptible to in days of in the days of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you, I, I know your opinions about capitalism and, yeah. and kind of the structure that <laughs> we're in, but but I think psychedelics would open your mind. Yeah. You don't need to go to work forty hours a week and struggle in a job that you don't like. Yeah. You can take time to reflect inward, and hopefully, yeah. inward reflection and meditation. Um, therapy, or even the ability to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Because my grandfather, he grew up in the 50s and 60s where a man was a man. Mm -hmm. You know, don't... And he was was in the military for 21 years. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe that he didn't have any type of hardship or or stress or anxiety. That was meant to be buried. Mm -hmm. And that's that's kind of the potentiality of it. Of, you know, this ideology of, I have to be strong. I can't Mm -hmm. be tough. Don't have... I better not cry. I better need... let people see I'm weak, exactly. let alone take something that's going to let me look at my reality different and yes. my ego. Yeah. So, so that's, that's why I believe they knew, they knew the effects of it, but they try to weaponize it. Um, those LSD tests and the MK ultra tests, yes. as much as there are conspiracies with that, <laughs> mm-hmm. they did, our government took LSD and did experiments with it. Right. Yeah. And the results yielded, you know, odd results that they weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. And so instead of, hmm, this is interesting, let's look into it. It's, wow, this is weird. Let's stay away from it. Oh, yeah. It, it reminds me of uh, in Pineapple Express at the beginning, right? Absolutely. Yeah, when he smokes weed and he started questioning shit. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's illegal. That's what that's what psychedelic drugs do for you. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many studies that show that people that deal with depression and things like that use psychedelics to get out of them because mm-hmm. it creates um, positive experiences with former traumas. Absolutely. You know, so you can kind of learn to build from them. So it's it's a whole thing where there's like millions of dollars of research into it. Like it's a big deal where it's taken seriously nowadays. So I think it's about time we kind of abandon this sort of old school mentality of anything that the government can't regulate or whatever should be illegal. You know, back in the war on drugs era that we're seeing the negative effects of today. Like we're seeing the psychedelic drugs being decriminalized in a lot of cities like Denver and um, I think Oakland was the other city. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing positive results from them. So there's there's nothing wrong with decriminalizing a drug and allowing people to get it in a safe way instead Absolutely. of doing it a bad way and giving it a bad name. So, right. you know, I think research that you do is incredibly important because it's just going to uh, continue to get more credibility mm-hmm. and in 15 years from now when it's just now getting mainstream you're going to be the one that you know started basically the entire conversation of it you know what i'm not you specifically sure but you know you had the the balls to do it you know and this <laughs> right. and what's going on now and anyone could 
twist it any way you want to make it seem like you are uh, taking advantage of, sure. of, of yeah, movements and stuff. No doubt. Yeah. Right. And so, I, on that, I'd like to say, although, you know, I might be the one doing it, mm-hmm. all this information that I, I found is, is in the public domain. Yeah. Um, now I, I talked to, uh, a member of maps, uh, directly, but he, you know, it, I didn't have to go through any underground bases. I didn't have to contact yeah. three or four different <laughs> people. This is all public, uh, research and data that I found on the, uh, on a, you know, a university database. So for somebody to say like, where'd you get this? Where is this coming from? It's, it's easily accessible. Right. Everybody has a computer. Everybody has internet. And yeah. If you don't, you can go down to the local Burger King and get Wi-Fi. Exactly. <laughs> you know what it is, is no one uh, on that where people get their news from is going to talk about this kind no, of stuff no. because it, it, it ties back to how it does change people's minds and alters mm-hmm. people's minds. And you start ma- looking at mainstream media in weird ways you know what i'm saying sure. so of course they would never support this these kind of I uh, experiments so. and drugs mm-hmm. of course they, yeah they never will so people have to start doing these things on their own and start being so you know consumed by what is being kind of told sure. you from every yeah from all directions to get a, to get a certain obsession about you know change at least yeah now, i would like to premise that i do uh state my my stance is, is treading lightly so yeah. do I think you should go down to, um, you know, the trap house and get uh, psilocybin mushrooms and trip <laughs> by yourself in your home? Maybe not. Yeah. Now, should you be able to go to a state or should your own state be looking into available options mm-hmm. to have psychedelic ther- therapy readily available yeah. um, with the practice of professional therapists and medical professionals? Yeah. You know, we it's about time we turn the hospital into a place of healing, into into a place of stability and strength, rather than a place of, you know, I'm scared to go to the hospital because I right. might never get out of there. Yeah, it, it, it's sort of like, yeah, when someone has a psychotic break or something mm-hmm. like that, they get thrown into like a prison, and it's right. like, instead of spending how much money it would take to to run that place, maybe like a three day vacation on the beach with some <laughs> psychedelic mushrooms might right. change this person's life. I don't know, give it a shot because currently whatever we're doing now doesn't work because there is a lot of mental health problems Mm -hmm. in the country. I've been so yeah, we need a more you know soft approach to these issues and not so harsh punishments for everything. Absolutely. Decriminalization, I think. Um it certainly is a two way street. Um but I do think that the potentiality of these substances is greater than what the status quo is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 8 million people who suffer from PTSD in the United States alone. And that's, and you know, those are recorded numbers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You, we, it's safe to say that there could be an, uh, an additionally 8 million more people who are in private, who suffer quietly. Yeah, who don't know what to do. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Or yeah. You, you are put, you said it, I think, perfectly. Mm-hmm. You are put in jail if you have a psychotic break, both uh, physically, socially, and mentally, yeah, you're uh, you're isolated, and they wonder why they, right. they yeah, they, they no one gets better. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know why isn't this working? We yeah. locked him in a room with padded walls, and nobody talks to him. Right, I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, for, yeah, yeah, it works maybe for some people to kind of freak them out. Sure, but like, sure. I don't know. Sometimes there's these are real issues that people yeah. deal with, and it, it should be taken more seriously and research in different ways because 
it sounds like it just makes it worse to me. Right. And that's why we do have a mental health problem, especially with the younger generations right. as the, well. The SSRIs yeah. only work about 20% of the time. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah, highly exactly. addictive and they cause side effects, mm-hmm. which, you know, if, if you're going to receive uh, heart palpitations from your anti-anxiety medicine, mm-hmm. well, aren't you going to get anxiety about getting heart palpitations from your medicine? It's <laughs> yeah. It, it's, yeah. A, it's a ridiculous thing to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, these substances can... They, they are not without their side effects. Yeah. Now, but I will say that they are lesser than most SSRIs or any man-made uh, medications. Mm-hmm. So, you know, are you willing to take a, a substance which puts you through, you know, 12 to 8 hours of, um, you know, I, I would say it can be extreme stress in some situations. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's why you're in a calm room with ambient yeah. music, ambient lights, uh, a doctor and a therapist. Yeah. So, you know, at, at taking it at a music festival, I mean, that's, they call it a heroic dose for a reason. Yeah. You, you are taking on a lot of stimulus <laughs> at a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, what's really amazing to me is I work at a, in a service industry. I'm a barista. Yeah. And I talked to, and I just, you know, they ask Alex, what are you studying? I said psychology mm-hmm. with the intent of being a psychedelic therapist. Yeah. And everyone has told me, you know, you know, as much as I like stray away from drugs, I took shrooms. I took psilocybin one time. Yeah. And it was the most profound experience of my life. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think it's like probably like one out of 10 if I ever ask, not ask, I don't ask people, do you do psychedelic drugs? But if, (laughs) if they ever talk about it, it's like nine times out of 10, it's a great story that they have. Right. Yeah. And and even the ones who experience a bad trip. Right. It was an intense experience that helped them afterwards say, wow, like, yeah. Well, well, why did I go through that? What was the meaning of it? Mm-hmm. And then because it's social, like I alluded to earlier, yeah. it's socially unacceptable, uh, unacceptable. And you know, of course, it's it's legally uh, frowned upon. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to bring that up because they're going to yeah. think I'm a crazy man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It makes you reflect on different things, and yeah. So there's only positives that come from it. I would say so. Yeah. If you're in using it the correct way with a therapist and mm-hmm. things like that, where it's directing you in the right direction. Yes. On, on how to pick apart like what the problem is that you're thinking of. I mean, it's like doing mental surgery. Right. Like it's like it's like a therapist, you know, doing their thing with using the drug just like a doctor would. You know what right. I'm saying physically. So, I mean, I really don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as it's a controlled substance, you right. know, like uh, you know, used through companies that, you know, that will give you awesome therapy to uh, you know, get your depression fixed and, and get your PTSD fixed, anxiety and things like that. Yeah. I mean, what's the negative here? Like what's the negative for allowing a therapist to do this kind of research with the client? So what's the negative? So MDMA, Mm -hmm. um, I recently found out up up until the seventies, it was allowed in therapy. So, wow. So in the United States, yes. Yes, it was actually being used. Interesting. Now, what happened? It, yeah. you know, the news got that this is a party drug. It floods your uh, system with, you know, good feelings, dopamine. <laughs> don't want too much of those. Oh well, you know, you don't want somebody dancing all night. Right. But, but, <laughs> but, what happened? People started cutting it. Becomes, mm-hmm. um, yeah. The the supply becomes ruined with, you know, uh, methamphetamines, and amphetamines, and then you know, mm-hmm. little, you know, I always say little Timmy. We'll, we'll say, you know, little Sally. Now, what she thought was getting was one hundred percent MDMA is actually, you know, fifty percent uh, methamphetamine, and, and she's had, you know, addicting withdrawals, and mm-hmm. it's really, you know, negatively impacted her life. Right. Well, you know, that just shows you how we fundamentally in this country do everything wrong. <laughs> So it was a popular drug, right? Just like maybe alcohol is popular. Sure. 
you make alcohol in a laboratory. You mm-hmm. boil shit right. and you make it taste good, right? Yeah. It's the same concept. Why didn't they just keep it legal, uh, make it researched, right. and sell it in pill forms like uh, at the fucking grocery store? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I do see that. Like I don't understand. And then, or if it is, a, if it's more con- controlled, then get a, um, a prescription for it from right. a doctor. I don't know. Like, well, but instead, they're just like, no, no, illegal. no. We're gonna no. We're and and God, not only that, we're gonna gosh. paint a campaign where you're gonna be demonized if you think about it. Right. And Nancy Reagan just say no. Yeah. You know. <laughs> awesome. And, and and then us being a millennial, so how, you know, which I know is a trigger word for anybody. But I mean, we were born in the '90s. Yeah. Um, the Dare program, the Dare oh, program yeah. is of the of the same ilk that says stay away from it. A girl I went to school with at Millican Park Elementary, shout yeah. out, um, she designed the tiger, <laughs> that mascot. No she made that. way. Yeah, so I, I find that so funny that I am that close and involved with the Dare program. Wow. Uh, yeah. But uh, you, you know, to get That's to get into it a little bit, the studies of which I found come from um, actual, most of them, once you learn how to read research papers, yes. you can get to, you can actually learn a lot. Yes. And it helps you see both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. So this one that I have uh, recently is on uh, psilocybin for treating uh, substance abuse dis- disorders. Mm-hmm. And the potentiality uh, of repeat or those falling back in line with substance abuse decreased mm-hmm. by 60%. It was after one session, it was an eight-hour session, of psilocybin mushrooms in a mm-hmm. clinical therapeutic setting, and it decreased repeat uh, addict withdrawals by sixty percent. Okay, so like they were going through withdrawals, and right. they did they, the therapy, and then it helped them pre- like preventing them from relapse. Correct. It helped them analyze wow. the situation. Yeah. And I'm the, it's 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 such an early stage. It's hard to say, mm-hmm. you know, what can be. But there's some who theorize that through MDMA uh, assisted mm-hmm. therapy, it'll actually reshape memories. Which is astounding. Yeah, it's, it's mental surgery. Yeah, it really is, and it's yeah. fixing a broken bone. What you know what I'm saying with a splint? It's that simple. Except it's just with your with your memories and your brain that's causing you know other than physical issues, mental issues, and things like that. Absolutely. So yeah, it's yeah. the same concept. Yeah. Yeah, we we need to kind of just look at it through you know an open lens mm-hmm. and an an open heart. And I know people get woo woo and hippy dippy about yeah. things like that, but that's <laughs> essentially. You know, if you come to my office and you're having these stressful situations, well, it's up to me to use my professional mannerism, but also um, a great line that a therapist told me um, at UNL, um, they have some open, like, dialogue sessions. Mm -hmm. She said the greatest tool in therapy is you. Oh, yeah. You have the background of knowledge, but how you approach and what you're going to do to treat your patient Mm -hmm. is all internal. Yeah. It's through your experiences, your outlook on things. So believe me, I, I still believe in mm-hmm. yoga, exercising, eating well, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, breath work. But I also go, I kind of reach out a little bit more with uh, sand therapy, mm-hmm. uh, beach therapy. Um, there's art therapy, music therapy. Beach therapy sounds awesome. Well, I think I think <laughs> anyone who goes to the beach at least once a year, I think is going to be a lot better off. But not right. everyone could do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean... Um, <laughs> Well, we can't do that because the system we live in. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the whole other machine. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, that's also why, you know, this kind of research is important because it can help people that maybe can't afford to take a trip to the beach or doesn't have the time to take a trip to the beach. Yeah, no no doubt. I mean, there's just so many 
positive things that I can think of. And I get the negatives. Like, of course, sure. abuse is there. Like, right. No doubt about it. Right, but that's anything. Yeah, that, you know? that's with anything. And, and if it's controlled um, by a licensed professional in, in that type of way, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I really don't. No, yeah. I, I think it can be policed. I mean, we, yeah. we police most things now, you know, to the extent some would argue. I may say it's it's pretty well. Mm-hmm. Some may argue that it's not. Um, but, I mean, it's it's... You know, there's you know, there's there's not people running around on fire in the middle of the streets. Yeah. So definitely. I, as long and I think that you have to have, if you keep things locked up in the cabinet, mm-hmm. I'm gonna you know, a little kid's gonna do everything in his power to get that bottle of alcohol, get the exactly. gun that you've locked up. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's it's the always the desire of what I, I can't have is what yeah. I want. Uh, uh, so I guess and the next question would be it was like, so do you know how the process works with how therapy and the say specifically PTSD, how mm-hmm. it like it does like get that it better. You know what sure, I'm saying? Like, sure. what do they do to okay. make it better? So let's say um, you come into the office. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna do a couple regular therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna try to get to the bottom of you know what what the problem is. Let's say uh, you witness a friend being killed. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say it's partly your fault. You feel guilt and angst towards yourself, towards mm-hmm. the the people who put you in that situation. Everything as a whole. We need need to kind of. You know, you got a whole lot of storm brewing, so let's kind of calm everything down. Right. So you'll go into a room, um, like I said earlier, it'd be ambient light, very calm music. Mm-hmm. Um, the therapist will choose that sound for you. Because you, you might want, you know, well, I know what relaxes me, ACDC yeah. or 12th Planet. Well, <laughs> you know, that might be good for you. Yeah. But we're going to try, We it, take let us take us under your wing and, oh, yeah. and just and let go. Yeah. Um, so you'll go on a couch or a bed. And you'll be given the substance. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, wow. and, and and that research, like where you know how much they use, comes from like where where this substance is already legal at. Like you know what I'm saying? Like because I know they do this this a lot of this stuff in like Europe and stuff. I'm assuming uh, that's where probably a lot of the research comes from. A lot of research is coming here domestically in the United States. Oh, like, here too. John Hopkins University, wow. Purdue uh, Pharmaceutical okay. College, um, Maps, the multi uh, association, yeah, uh, multi. Association for Psychedelic Studies, um, they they receive their MDMA in a lab. Mm-hmm. It has to be tested twice over, and it's administered on campus. And I think I believe they're located in California. Mm-hmm. Um, so wow. so I mean it's it's tested. It's one hundred percent MDMA, uh, okay. and it's domestic. So they have the substance. They administer it to you. Yeah. Um, they want it. This seems to me lasts pretty long. It's about eight to ten hours. This session, during wow. the session. It's like a whole shift. I, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and, it's, and, and it is like work because yeah, yeah. you're going back into the situation mm-hmm. because it is, it is a psychedelic experience, but it helps you In realize... In a controlled environment. Right. Yeah. The therapist will say, well, you know, what do you see? How do you feel? You know, I, yeah. And a lot of the, the videos you can watch of these gentlemen who are, you know, one jam bullet and a gun away from killing themselves to look to be in a therapeutic setting saying, you know, I understand what happened. I understand that it wasn't my fault. And if it was my fault, it, it is what it is. What happens happened. I accept myself. Mm-hmm. I accept the issue. Right. And most of these gentlemen, their anxiety, their depression is reduced by 70% or higher. Right. And they yeah. go from having extreme rage bouts to panic attacks to suicidal tendencies mm-hmm. to being essentially... And I, you know, I want to be, I want to say it lightly, but, but almost being within non-existent symptoms within a year. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like it, it when you explain it like that, it sounds like it's not true, but right. 
but it, 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 too good to be true, right? right? It, yeah. But it really <laughs> is true. I mean, there's there's facts behind this. Absolutely. It's insane that you know they can honestly do this research and then they have literally the data backing it up, right? Just like right away, like they sure. predicted, they knew it would. Like <laughs> it's almost like when when scientists are able to explore things and right. and and. and and control them in ways that can benefit us instead of harm us right. and on the street. It, it does advance us as, as human, as human beings. Cause like PTSD, it is a disease, you know, yes. and, 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 and so is uh, depression. It's an epidemic. Well, yeah, I know it's, yeah, it sucks. If you're, if yeah. you're a young man in the yeah. United States, you have a high chance of, of killing yourself rather than being killed by an outside source. Oh, good grief. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, the, yeah, that's like one of the scariest stats I've heard. There's like another one that I heard like, I think it's like 80% of women like are killed by men they know too. Oh. That's like another oh, creepy no. stat that, yeah, and, and that, and, scares the shit out of uh, me. Well, if you get, if you get into <laughs> psychology, uh, uh, psychology studies, um, or even, I mean, a, a, as a class, that's what it is. Most yeah. people, most women will kill somebody that they know. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. And then women are killed by men that they're close to. Right. Like, yeah, which is... Just, yeah, it's just a sad thing to hear. On that topic, I yeah. actually did, uh, in one of my prior papers in my English class, I studied an article written by a woman who uh, suffered from extreme bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. and she self-administered LSD, which I do not, once again, oh, I, do, no. I do not advise. Yeah. However, she uh, sees life in a different way. Mm-hmm. She's uh, completely... Um, at an understanding of what she's going through. Yeah. And I mean, she put it on a public forum. Yeah. And you know, the repercussions of being a woman alone, being a mother, being a single mom, those carry so much weight. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for, you know, the spectrum covers, Mm -hmm. um, an army general who, you know, saw, you know, war crimes or, or or battlefields to a woman who was, you know, beaten by a horrible, uh, boyfriend, Mm -hmm. you know, it encompasses everyone of all walks of life, all colors, all, all genders, all, Mm -hmm. um, genres of, of people. Yes. You know, and and that's, and that's, I I find it that, that ideology, that mindset, the concept gets faded into, well, that's just a bunch of hippie stuff. Right. You know, peace and love, peace, love, unity and respect. You know, that, that's, that's That's sort of crazy. That's a perfect world where there's, you know, cotton candy instead of grass. Well, no, it's me respecting you as a human Mm -hmm. and giving you a chance of me listening to you. Right. I mean, that's that entire, it's just the, that mindset. I think it had, it got really bad in the seventies and eighties era. Like good grief. Like we're talking about that era went from being the one that like got us out of Vietnam through protests and we had MLK, Mm -hmm. Malcolm X, so much awesome activism going on. And then all of a sudden that generation just shut down and they were like, yeah, we're going to make uh, marijuana fucking class it was a class one drug is that yeah. or was it class uh, a drug uh, cla- one of the two class class a substance class a substance you know what I'm saying like we're and they just went to Woodstock in 69 and smoked right. weed and did drugs and they had a great time the- and 10 years later they're they're voting for people that are taking their rights away as Americans for what you know they did it they they had the opportunity to seize it and I'm, and I'm not saying that you know a boomer generation is, is, are bad people but it's disappointing disappointing absolutely yeah. And I'm sure, you know, it ties back into the um, alertness that, that the drug does give you also. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were looking for any excuse. Right. Yeah. And it, this battle for trying to get these drugs decriminalized also will never end. Because as long as we do have a system that does benefit from people kind of being depressed sure. and consumed with 
you know, with what they're doing in the moment, like with right. eating fast food, right. keep you, buying things that make you happy instead of actually being happy. Right. It's profitable. Yes. For you until to be that system doesn't yeah. exist. And then, <laughs> then, then they, these drugs will never, sure. never be available to people in a, in a positive way sure. in my eyes, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if MDMA or psilocybin or LSD will be available for me to go to Walgreens, to get, <laughs> but I do right. think if there are places and systems that are available to people, they, mm-hmm. they will seek them out. Yeah. And people who are stubborn who don't want to try it, well, you can't lead a horse. You can lead a horse to water. You can't make him drink. It's yeah. the same thing. <laughs> and uh, the hardest thing I had to learn, Will, was I, I can't save people. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, I can't put my ide- ideology in your mind. I can try to convince you. Yeah. One of the great exercises, my, my pres- professor will love this, um, was the audience wheel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, on one side are those who are gun ho They're with you all the way. You can even slip up, and they're still with you. Right. And then there's the people uh, who are against you. You could help them uh, save their dog out of a burning building, and they're going to say, well, I still don't support you. Right. <laughs> okay. Exactly. In between there are those people who um, are really for you. They just need more information. Right. The, people, the neutral people who say, I don't know either way. I need some more information. Right. The people say, well, I don't know anything, but I'm still against you. Mm-hmm. Within that spectrum, that audience wheel, yeah. You're gonna find people who are, are, are who, who you can get on your side, and mm-hmm. the ones that are you know on the wayside who you right. can't convince. Yeah, I mean that is, I mean that's politics right there. Yeah, sure. yeah, you can. I I'd apply that um, ideology to politics, no oh, doubt. Sure. Yeah, and and once once you do start applying um, to kind of go back to what we we're talking about at the beginning, psychology mm-hmm. to politics. Yeah, that is why I started realizing that it's not just about being against Donald Trump and and. and disliking him as a person right but it's about understanding why people voted for him in the first place and on that will i can convince i feel like i can because i'm coming from a not me personally but these ideas that um you know that i believe in and Mm -hmm. so do a lot of other politicians that you know we can help those people that probably you know not the never will agree with us but the that that don't like us that, but they're going to hear us out. You know right. what I'm like? I think that we can get those people. Yeah. And and I think a lot of people are just confused. I don't think the average person hates um, immigrants. No. You know what I'm saying? No. Absolutely not. No. Like, I know people that are really close to me that voted for Trump. Sure. And they're not racist people. No. They're absolutely no. not. No. And I know it offends people if you say you voted for the guy. But I'm just saying, like, as, as someone that is into politics mm-hmm. and is looking at it from a sociological perspective, like, you know, I get it. I get why sure. everyone, um, fall, you know, fell for it. As, as, <laughs> as odd as that might seem to the, li- to the listeners, that's a great uh, segue into another study I did, um, as I alluded to earlier, about mm-hmm. uh, the University of Basel. Uh, Basel's yeah. right on the border of uh, Germany and Switzerland. Of uh, course it's over there. And of course, yeah, and of course the Euros are always there. I know, the they're always there. Now they took <laughs> 16 regular people. By regular, they had no type of... Uh, cognitive problems you right. know, depression anxiety uh, the list goes on mm-hmm. um, but they, they were seemingly normal people right um, all of them held at least a bachelor's degree seven of the 16 people had master's degrees so these are pretty well educated people okay um, they were administered a uh, minimal amount of LSD once again it's a uh, in the milligram amount okay and they um, went through about a 12 hour trip they were able to experience whatever they wanted to. They were in a, a hospital clinical setting. Um, after this was done, they did a one-month checkup. Mm-hmm. No one had any uh, debilitating symptoms. No one said that they had any traumatic uh, experiences from these uh, tests. 
Well, they tested them again after a year. Mm-hmm. All of them, all 16, deem this as one of the most powerful spiritual experiences of wow. their life. These are normal people, Will. Like right, you said, right, this yeah. is a normal person. Yeah. What does a normal person think of LSD? Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to send me on a bad trip. Well, why do you think? Well, I can't stand to be with myself alone in a room. Why? Why? I'm scared yes. of my thoughts. Why? Why? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, the whole, that substance, yeah. the therapy included, that's yeah. going to help you understand yourself a lot better. Yes, that's, that's, that is an interesting point. I've never heard, yeah, because that is what everyone will say. You know, I'm, oh, I've heard nightmares that you have bad trips. Well, you know, I would love to hear the person that had the bad trip and what triggered it for them. Right. And being like, did you ever look into that more? Super psychoanalytical. Yeah. <laughs> you know, leave me alone. Let me drink my wine. You right. Know, I, I know. I, I And it's easier to just right, eat to fast it food. Mm-hmm. It's easier to just... Uh, exercise is a great outlet. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But there are people who... that they, They're addicted to... Um, the endorphins from exercise, mm. and while you're exercising, you're you know you you're away from what stresses you out. Yeah. So you know we become attached. Mm-hmm. Humans are creatures of habit. There's a organization which is a, a branch of Maps called the Zendo Project, and the Zendo Project sets up uh, tents almost like a, a like a uh, made from scratch mm-hmm. um, therapeutic setting area. So mats, there's there's trained professional therapists there, mm-hmm. but you can go there and say, hey, I'm I took X, Y, and Z, I'm yeah. feeling X, Y, and Z, what can you do for me? And they will do everything in their power besides, you know, if, if a lot of it turns into um, dehydration when yeah. people take these substances, mm-hmm. um, they didn't eat, a lot of it is just uh, physiological effects from um, negligence. You know, well, you yeah. need to drink water, or, no matter what. Or why, you know, why do your, you know, if you're going to do this drug, for, these intense drugs for the first time, <laughs> yeah. why, why go to a, a, an arena with hundreds of, of uh, thousands of, of other people? Also on those sides. Right, it's like, it's just a dangerous way to do it. Right. Yeah, a and, foolish, and really. yeah, a foolish way to do it, yeah. But, but um, the project exists to help people get out of it. Yeah. And um, I did another article um, from this woman who uh, was part of it. Um, let's see, I name her Catherine uh, Macklin, PhD. Mm-hmm. Um, she was actually she joined uh, John Hopkins team um, to study psychedelic psilocybin um, mm-hmm. focused, and she said that in the in these non clinical settings there are benefits to it, but there has to be people to help you out. Right. But yeah. if you have the availability to go to a professional yeah. and take these substances in a clinical setting, I think it would yield 10 years of therapy mm-hmm. in eight hours. Yeah, and then I think it would, it, people wouldn't want to do them at, um, you know, shows and, and they in would dangerous learn. Setting, settings yeah, anymore. Exactly. Well, I don't need to do that. This exactly. is ruining my, f- I think I'm having more fun. Right, yeah, and then you can enjoy it in the moment and, you know, in your current state of mind. Right. You know, and then you won't kind of feel that, like, horrible hangover effect that exactly. you normally, you know, would get. So, yeah, it's, there's just, if you use it in that sort of way, then people won't abuse it. That's that's this probably sure. the, one of the best arguments for it. For me, um, I need to continue my education. Um, yeah, to yeah. even be a, a licensed therapist, you know, you have to at least have a minimum master's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would go to California to actually do uh, psychedelic therapy training, in which um, wow, <laughs> that's awesome. So it's like a real thing, like. I mean, you know, like it's a funded research and yeah, everything. You, yeah, you, you can get licensed in it, and wow, it's, uh, MDMA great. will hopefully be uh, considered a legal substance about 2021, 2022. And by legal, 
Uh, that that means that uh, you would be able to use it in the clinical setting. Yeah, it's not going to be a Walgreens. I don't think. It'll well, that's um, but but that's why it's important for people to fucking vote for absolutely. people that are talking no, about the right issues. Absolutely. Yeah, and and there are candidates that are talking about uh, decriminalizing. I know Andrew Yang um, does for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Tulsi Gabbard, and I I'm not sure of Bernie's position specifically on psychedelic drugs, but sure. I know he's all about decriminalizing. So. Mm-hmm. There's there's a there's an, a mindset in the in the candidates that are completely different and you know I think that is relevant that there are candidates that still think that you should be in prison for smoking marijuana. Um, there's a comprehensive guide mm-hmm. put out by Maps uh, especially um, through the procedures of you know because this is really abstract and this is very that's what it's so interesting to me because it's so new. Yeah. You know we're yeah. not we can't you can't really get a boat. I mean, you can. You can take a boat and try to sail around the world. Mm-hmm. And But, I mean, you're going to probably hit people that have an iPhone. Exactly, or have, yeah. You know, who know what America is. Yeah. There's, there's very little exploration. Mm-hmm. Now, there's we, no more physical exploration. I don't think so. Well, yeah. you know, space is so expensive. Right, yeah. And the only ones who can do it are billionaires. <laughs> you know, being a, a person who, who studies psychedelics and mm-hmm. the potentiality of them, I, 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 it's exciting to me. It's yeah. new data. It's new things that can happen. There's various extreme kind of um, results that people have yielded. Uh, Paul Stamets, a mycologist who is, you know, exceeding the bounds of what a mycologist would receive in popularity. Uh, he took a heroic dose of mushrooms, which would be about 3.5 grams. Um, it was during, oh, wow. it was during a, a pretty, it was during a thunderstorm. This guy was a, a doctor, you said? Uh, he's a mycologist. So oh, he stu- uh, studies mushrooms and fungi. Oh, okay. Um, he's very not like number okay. one in the world. Okay. But he took these psychedelic mushrooms mm-hmm. and, uh, it stopped his stuttering. Like a, like a stutter, like a speech impediment yes, stutter. Yes, very serious. Stuttering. Wow. Yes. Now, um, we can look at it through this way. Uh, new neurological pathways, um, neurotransmitters yeah. are being created in the mind and then afterwards that effect remains and you mm-hmm. can look back on it and realize what happened yeah that's what so i guess on a in a, on a on like a a stutter it's a it's a de, it's a defect in the brain that's or, a speech impediment yes. yeah yeah so yeah, it, yes. it it, it to, in order to fix that, you would just have to fix the defected part of the brain, right? right. Is that, and that's sort of like, that's like what speech therapy is. Exactly. Yeah. So we're, with, we're reteaching re- it. Right. Yeah. With the drug, it was basically, is it was, it's like pushing the reset that. button and just, yeah. Oh my goodness. That's now, just crazy. Now he was in the woods and during a thunderstorm by himself. Yeah. Now, was that the no. best move? No. But we can see mm-hmm. even in a foolish endeavor, yeah. we can receive great benefits through um kind of reflection Mm -hmm. and and like i said before a lot of people might have had a profound experience where they realize love is everything or they realize that hey i made these mistakes but i can get better but they can't talk about them because how did they get to that point well they took a illegal substance yeah it's like having um like it's like a sore shoulder right and Mm -hmm. it never is healed until you finally go to a doctor and they do surgery on it and it gets healed it's just resetting what the issue is and you forget about it you look at it from different perspectives you learn to let things go like it's so i'm so excited that the research is starting yeah a a lot of it is is very um it's in it's in the really early stages yeah because of you know the the propaganda in the 60s and 70s, we have to overcome that. And I yeah. think we finally are. Yeah. Um, especially in Denver, you know, decriminalizing uh, mushrooms. Sac- uh, Sacramento is going to vote on it. California mm-hmm. probably is going to do it. Uh, Oregon. So there's, there's, it's, it is slow going because it is the governmental mechanisms yeah. of, you know, getting 
the audience wheel to change, getting people to actually vote. Yeah. You know, these things that have always been issues. Mm. They're there now. Yes. Are they always going to be there? I don't know. Maybe things you have to... You have to reach well, out. You have to. You have to do something about yeah. it. Well, the way I look at it is, I think that the powers that be, um, whoever you're, you know, whoever you personally think the powers that be are, sure. I think that they didn't predict that people would have information just at the snap of their fingers like they have. Right. You know, nowadays, and I think you know they're starting to realize that like holy shit there is shit that's going on that people can look up and they know what's happening around the world now. Right. I mean, everyone's aware of the income inequality now. No one was aware of this shit like 20 years no, ago. I no. mean, they were. A lot of people were, but like, well, you couldn't, it wasn't mainstream. Well, you couldn't read about it on your exactly, own. Exactly, yeah. To, you would have you would, to listen to the news. Exactly, yeah. And you would have to find it. Uh, like, imagine this. All you have is, you know, you live in a world where there's only CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC, and no sure. internet. How the fuck are you going to learn what's going right. on? Or you know the, what I'm or saying? The, or the paper. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, and then the information age sort of turned everything on its right. side to the point of, you can kind of learn anything and understand what is going on at any point in time. And I think the powers that be really did not predict that happening. I mean, right. so I think it is awesome that the research finally is starting now. And there's nothing that like anyone can do about it because people are self-conscious of it. So sure. we're voting. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter how much you want to say something's illegal. If the people are voting for it, mm -hmm. too bad. Right. Yeah, it's the power of, of actual democracy. Well, if we did... Um you know, legalize uh, people owning tigers and that yielded bad results, I mean, we should at least have the freedom to, to vote. To, yeah, to, yeah. to have that availability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah which sounds, well, we have to protect you from yourself. Right. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, government. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's what I love it, too, because it's it's always the people that will, that are so for keeping these things illegal are the ones that hate the government telling them what right. to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. have some individuality. Don't just listen to what the news is telling you. If you believe the government shouldn't tell you if you can shoot a gun or not, why the fuck do you think the government can tell you if you can't take a substance that, you know, cures PTSD and anxiety and things like that? You know, right. like, you know, we see the line that, that where these people are and they listen to what their parties and, and their tribes say. You know what I'm saying? Like, their local ecosystem. Cause, yeah, cause yeah, all, exactly. All you do is surround yourself with people who are like you. Mm -hmm. uh, the last thing I really want to touch on is, um, you know, the point of, of right now, there needs to be a focus on who, who needs this immediately. Mm -hmm. um, so PTSD victims, especially veterans, <clears throat> mm -hmm. and then also uh, people who are facing end-of-life situations. So people who... Uh, you know, will at any time, um, I, I could be diagnosed with cancer and have 30 days to live. Oh yeah. Now, you know, that, and, and you know, that's, I, I don't smoke any tobacco. Mm -hmm. I don't really take any bad chemicals. I don't live next to a, you know, a waste sewage plant, mm -hmm. uh, but that, that can happen out of the blue to anybody. Yep. Um, and how do I deal with that? Cause that is the most intense stress I, I think you could imagine. So in a film called the new understanding, it took two people with terminally ill, res uh, diagnosis, and one, um, I guess she would have been the control. They took uh, psilocybin to try to uh, deal with these symptoms. And um, within this movie is uh, Nicholas, uh, Dice Nicholas. He's a PhD, president, co-founder, director of the pre-clinical research at the Header uh, Research Institute. He was also uh, the chair on the uh, board of the Pharmacological Society of Purdue University. He's a professor of pharmacology at the uh, Indiana University. So this guy, mm -hmm. this guy who should have no 
nothing good to say about a psilocybin trip. Right. Based it as one of the most powerful things he's ever seen. These mm-hmm. people could deal with end of life and, you know, receive a substance that would allow them to, to pass on in a great state of mind. Mm-hmm. Why, yeah. sh- why should those people be subject to, you know, misery in the last moments of their life? Right, the last yeah. Moment. Um, yeah. One of the subjects, he completely turned his reality around. His his hospital room, where we shove people into, yeah. and we visit occasionally. Depressing, depressing room. Right. <laughs> yeah. It turned into a great place. People wanted to visit him. People wanted to see him. Yeah. I will also uh, allude to, um, it is reported that Alzheimer's disease mm-hmm. will pass heart disease as the number one killer in the wow. United States of America by 2050. God, that's terrifying. Why is, Why? I think it has to do... I'd have to get some more research back. I think it has to do with um, our inability uh, mental thresholds. Yeah. We we don't really... We don't look at our mind as a muscle which we need to work out as often. Yeah, definitely. And the ways we do it are... You know, neuroplasticity is is a very interesting topic. So you can play these mind games and stuff like that. But if you could have maybe a yearly psychedelic experience... Mm -hmm. Under the guide of you know professionals, right. or even a a, a a a a situation that's at least monitored. I mean, it's only mm-hmm. in the last maybe two hundred years did things become so by the book, so mm-hmm. structured. <laughs> Before you had the the availability to be an explorer, mm-hmm. the availability to be a philosopher. Yeah, you know, I, I think we we need to get back to just a more holistic approach, and I do think that these substances can do that. Yeah, I mean, um, that. What you're talking about and this type of research ties in exactly to what I think is a problem in our society and, and in the world in general. I mean, the systems that we do have now, like you said, it forces us to get into that routine mm-hmm. of falling into the 40 to 50 hours a week to barely get by. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, <laughs> you got these hippies talking about wanting to do drugs and stuff. You're like, oh, just go to work and you'll be right. happy. Yeah, you won't right. have time for depression. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, like yeah. in the system, because you're so, we're so angry at at, at working so hard and, and we have nothing to fucking show for it. Right. So we need something to blame. Right. So I think that's why this research is important. And I think people need to have an open mind about it, at least to the point of allowing scientific research for it that's the you know what i'm saying like that's can we ask for the bare minimum yeah that's the least thing i want right yeah and then then we'll go from there and if and if the only results that these harvard (laughs) yale professors come to are that it's bad for you then whatever then at least we attempted sure but they tried right and and we know and we know now that you know we did 50 years of mdm research nothing really came from it okay I would be satisfied with that. But the fact that we are limiting ourselves only because of 60-year-old propaganda mm-hmm. mentality. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, I, and, I, and, I, and I should be more serious. I shouldn't laugh at it. But it, it's funny to me because it's, it it's stupefying. Yeah, it really is. You know, it's an insult to your intelligent, my yeah. intelligent, the guy who just wants to read about it, intelligence. Right. Um, <laughs> so, hope, you know, my goal is to, you know, shout out to the University of Nebraska. You know, it's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal story, you know, I'm, my mom's an, an immigrant from Panama, and my dad is, you know, a, a high school graduate who served in the Army for, uh, I, I believe, at least 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I come from humble beginnings. I didn't have, um, you know, aristocrat parents. I, and, and, and also, mm-hmm. I didn't have uh, hippie parents. My parents were hardworking, blue-collar Americans who gave me the opportunity to go to a private school, um, who were in my life enough to give me the, the, the support to go to college. Mm-hmm. I want to make the most of out of it. And you know, and I even tell them 
I try to explain this to them, the you know, psychedelic research, mm-hmm. uh, and it just goes over there because, you know, they're just, it's hard for them to grasp it. But I, I believe what I am doing mm-hmm. can yield great results for others, not just, you know, financial gains for myself because there's really no rich therapists. Right, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but why are you a therapist? And it goes back to what I said. You are in psychology. You are in sociology. You are a teacher. Mm-hmm you know, to better other people. Exactly. You know? It's it's a service. No exactly. doubt about it. It's a different way of, of service. You know, like you said, being a psychologist or a, a teacher, mm-hmm. uh, even a bus driver, any, sure. it, it's all, it's all a service. It's a right. civil service that it's all important. So yeah, this, this stuff is being done by these civil servants of mm-hmm. trying to better our society and people. Sure. So it's only coming from the purest of their hearts. You know? I would so, think so. Even yeah. though, uh, you know, the road to hell is paved with the greatest of intentions. <laughs> right. Uh, but <laughs> like I said, I'd rather, I'd rather have this available, see what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, by 20, uh, 20, the year 2100, if, if they said, you know, we did it, this is what happened. Right. Well, at least we tried. Yeah. At least, that's, at that's least we tried. Way. And if you were right, then, Awesome, because you're going to be one of the beginnings. If I am, if I am <laughs> right, I would cheer only because I know people in the future will be able to receive right. therapy they need. You know, I'm hoping you are right because in this this interview will be. I sure it'll be the humble beginnings. Yeah, yeah, it could be. That's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping <laughs> sure, for. Here. Sure. All right, all right, Alex. Well, thanks for coming on, man. It was awesome having you on and hearing the the connection between psychology and politics.